I'm Leon Davis, and this is One Good Question. A lot of conversations about COVID-19 and how it is affecting those on the front lines. But there aren't a lot of conversations with those same people who have to deal with it in their day-to-day. With that in mind, I'm speaking to five different nurses from five different disciplines, all living in different areas of the United States. And they're all dealing with COVID-19 on different levels. In the spirit and tradition of One Good Question, they all received the same question. Although common themes surfaced, they all left me with different things to think about. And that is the one thing that struck me. No matter how hard we tried to fit this into a neat little box, the opinions about this pandemic, how it has been handled, and what needs to be done going forward are as diverse as this nation. The question, what do you think the biggest thing that people on both sides of the political spectrum of this very non-political issue are missing at the ground level? My guest today is Ann Morrow. She works for the University of Chicago Health System. She resides in the greater Peoria area of Illinois. Hey, Ann, how are you doing today? I'm great, Leon. How are you? I'm doing really well, staying busy, staying busy. Yeah. So uh, how's the uh, social distancing? Um, uh, it's going. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little reminiscent of the Barnum and Bailey's uh, circus over here, but yeah, we're yeah. getting through it. Yeah, we usually call our family the Davis Family Traveling Circus, but uh, not so much traveling <laughs> right now, but it's still, it's still a circus. Not traveling. It's, it's still a circus. It's the stationary right, circus. Right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to go ahead and give you the question. So um, okay. the, question, um, the question today is, uh, what do you think is the biggest thing that people on both sides of the political spectrum of this uh, non-political issue are missing at the ground level? I think there's so much that comes to mind. Um, but one word sticks out more than anything um, to me, and that's humanity from all perspectives, uh, whether you're working the front lines, whether you're the actual patients, or whether you are the families that are quarantining, the workers with no jobs, the owners of businesses who are having to shut their doors permanently, um, the people living alone in this time who don't have others in their family to, you know, lean on. So to me, it's, it's the, the policymakers are, if you're not in, if you're not in the trenches in any of those ways, and it's not firsthand, you know, to you and your life, then I think it's really hard for people to empathize and um, realize the struggles that, that real people are going through every single day. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be that that's a common theme from what I'm getting. Um, just people aren't realizing uh, it's an empathy thing. We, we as a country are not real good at empathy. So we tend not to be good at empathy and we're having issue with the idea of doing something for someone other than ourselves. Correct. Yeah. So many people are, And I understand from the constitutional point of view that, you know, it's a slippery slope with government. You know, we can't, we can't restrict certain things and violating our constitutional rights. But I think as a society, it's on us. It's not on our government right now to be the type of people that we need to stand up and be for the greater good, not just because we want, we want this or we want that. I mean, 
there are so many other people that we have to think about right now. And, and uh, as Americans, we're pretty much used to thinking about ourselves most of the time. So I think it's all about perspective too. Yeah. It's just interesting. Cause I mean, I, we haven't seen the, we haven't seen the ramifications of our actions yet because uh, here in Texas, we're opening back up. Yay. <laughs> wow. Do you think that that's going to have an impact here in the next month? And I mean, we're going to see states from the South. I know I'm in Illinois, so, you know, we're not opening up. Our governor has decided that we're going to continue to stay closed. I think for another month or through the month of May, um, school's definitely not returning until at least next year. But um, do you think the South with the, with the States opening back up, um, do you think we're going to see another spike in, um, in outbreaks and how, you know, how is that going to affect healthcare workers and, and patient care and the survival rate? Because I mean, so, we're running low on resources as it is. Yeah. So from a patient care perspective, like there's tons of uninsured people in 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 the states like um i'm fortunate enough to have been working for corporations and have access to really good health care good but like i have lots of friends who aren't you know, just because being in the restaurant industry you it's it, you don't get it right right it, we're in a weird position because the south like our populated areas still are spread out right like you know dallas is gigantic absolutely yeah and, and so that works in our favor because there's no cluster but it also I mean, it gives us, I think it's giving us a false sense of security. It's going to be interesting. So. It's scary. And and I realize that, you know, um, while governments are, state governments are allowing, and, and obviously federal governments are pushing the open up of the economy, um, are people really going to go out to experience that? I mean, that, I'm interested in finding out if people are really going to go out and if they're really trusting of actually going out into public places with crowds of people into restrooms and restaurants and you know are they really going to take advantage of that or is this just something that is happening but it it's it's a needless worry like do we really need to worry about it yeah give you a little little story about that i was uh, yesterday my niece that i mentioned earlier uh, mm-hmm. who's graduating uh we had to go clear out her apartment down there and bring and put her stuff in storage because she's moving right back down to the houston area but um her lease is up there she's gonna live home until her she gets mm-hmm. her job in august so and so we went and moved all her stuff in and packed up her apartment but houston like there i still hit traffic in houston they're oblivious and she was telling me she's like yeah no no nobody it, we're, no one down here is really um social distancing it's and it was just interesting like maybe in it was it's the craziest thing like in dallas if you can see that it's happening just because you can move around on the you can move around more freeway <laughs> yeah it's like, like, like traffic i you know moving around town no traffic and um, but Houston yesterday, which was a Saturday, right? On a Saturday where, you know, it would have made sense to just kind of hang out at the house. Nobody had to go to work, nothing like that. It was packed. There are times when I'm on the freeway and we're doing like 20 miles an hour because of traffic. Wow. And it's where you're like, this is crazy. So, yeah. And Houston, is is that more compact than Dallas? I mean, uh, I mean, they have more of a city center. They, they have a greater Houston area that's a lot like Dallas also. Okay. Just because, you know, down here we we're not landlocked in Texas. So expansive that, you know, basically the Metro areas just start swallowing up whatever areas. Right. Are on the outskirts, so. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like now I don't even, I live closer to the Oklahoma border than I do to downtown Dallas. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm up in the far North suburbs. You're North. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that is one major factor I know for Illinois is that a a lot of us aren't really centrally um, located, even in our cities. It's basically Chicago is determining how our state is run at this point. Um, I know they're really, really struggling up there. I do know respiratory therapists because I'm still a respiratory therapist in addition to being a nurse that have gone up to work in Chicago to help out with the situation and the crisis up there. so, you know, I know it's real. I know it is a thing, but it's, it's, it's kind of like night and day between where I live in the middle of the state of Illinois and Peoria and Chicago, because it's so compact. And I think a lot of it has to do with the public transportation system. Yeah. Um, I know in New York City, I'm sure that has been a huge cause of the spread of the virus. Yes. Um, and so that's really just a determinant for us um, as to how things are going. So people who live downstate really aren't like we were talking about empathetic or understanding of why things need to really still be shut down. It's just, it's all a part of the state as a whole instead of the downstate area. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so now that you like, that's something I haven't necessarily thought about is how states with, large central cities like um chicago and new york they determine their whole policy is determined on those cities right because you basically you have to treat everybody the same because travel is basically free right so right you don't treat everybody the same then people will still move in and out of those cities yeah and then you look at it and you compare it with texas where all of our cities are just expansive and it's not necessarily it's not compact i think we're kind of discounting the ability for something to happen here because we're thinking we don't have those factors but we are still a pretty big population and Mm -hmm. and and the people that do move in and out of city center back out to the outskirts are moving it from there from the city to the to the outskirts and so that we have we have the potential i think for bigger issues just because we have such populous out outskirts and I don't know about how your airport is running right now, but I know Dallas is a huge hub yeah. um, for people moving in and out of the state of Texas and moving from state to state as, you know, like a, a midway point. Yes. So that's something that has to be considered as well. Yeah. Traffic slowed down a little bit. Like I live in the flight path, so we're always looking at planes. <laughs> we always look at the planes coming through. Um and it's, I remember when I used to fly a lot, I used to, I was able to kind of pinpoint where we lived just by a couple of landmarks. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and so, you know, it's always fun looking out the window trying to find home, but, uh, yeah. And so we're riding a flight path and it's slowed down a little bit, but, um, not a ton. I mean, there's, I, I can probably go outside right now and see a plane or two in that in the sky. So. Yeah, definitely so. something that has to be considered. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy how many businesses. I have friends that are in the restaurant industry and did what I did as far as corporate training and traveling. They're doing that now, and they're still moving around. They're still traveling. Their companies haven't shut down yet. So, well, I work for the University of Illinois at Chicago, um, even though I don't work in Chicago. And um, you know, even as someone who travels for work and is um, required to go into family homes um, to meet with families, I mean, we have very sick children 
if not in a hospital, they're already discharged home. You know, we, we have put a stop to that right now. And the state of Illinois has um, encouraged us and enabled us to submit applications for these kids to get nursing in the home without having to do that home assessment and meet with that family. I mean, that brings challenges in itself as far as the process goes, you know, and it, it's, it's kind of making it a bit harder and a bit longer of a process, but you know, I don't want to put any kids at risk. I don't want to put any families at risk. And so that while that's an inconvenience, as far as my job goes, I think that's a minor inconvenience in relation to, you know, possibly causing illness or death to a family member or a child who yes. is definitely medically fragile. Yes. Yes. You got to make the, we got to make the, the greater good choice here. And so, um, that's a, that's definitely been a recurring theme through this process of putting this series together. Um, uh, uh, just looking out for the greater good and, it's just interesting because our country's not built for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe through through time and all of the struggles that we endure together, that will become something that's important to our nation as a whole. But currently, you know, even if you just turn on the news for a little bit each day or once a week or whatever it is, try not to get too bogged down in the news. Yeah, you see all the people that are up in arms and rioting and all of the all of the protesting going on. Um, it's a little bit disheartening to see that all of that goes above caring for ourselves and each other in a time of crisis like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe we haven't seen enough struggle as a country that affects everyone. I think all of our struggles have always been really isolated. Yes. Um, so we'll probably have to see something like this a couple more times before we get it right. So. <laughs> absolutely that's that's a little disheartening but you know uh you skew on the side of reality right right you gotta stay realistic so living in dreamland isn't gonna get you anywhere no not at all <laughs> not at all i've become extremely realistic as i get older so it's yeah uh, sometimes i'm called the dream crusher but i'm just like dream crusher <laughs> that's reality and i'm sorry i don't mean to crush your dreams it's just reality <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, all right, awesome. Well, thank you for your time. We appreciate that. That uh, was definitely insightful. Thank you for giving me your your viewpoint on this. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds going forward. So. Absolutely, and I I'm more than happy to do this for you. And if you ever need another body or nurse again, I yeah. I'm here for you. Well, outstanding. I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. So. Um, definitely. So, uh, we'll talk later and, uh, you have a great day. All right. Thanks. You too. Thank you. <laughs> I would like to thank you for listening today. If you're just now catching this series, please go back and listen to our previous episode and join us tomorrow for the next installment of our COVID-19 series. This has been one good question. Once again, I'm your host, Leon Davis, theme music by DJ Seth Lowry, other music courtesy of Epidemic Sound. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may listen. To catch up with us on social, check the show notes.